About 20 years ago, I had a car crash in France. I was driving a car that was towing a caravan. I managed to spin the car, flip the caravan and write everything off. Uh, don't worry, nobody was hurt or injured, just possessions that were damaged. And we had to travel home from this holiday by a separate route to get home. When we got home, we checked our bookings and realized we could reuse the bookings that we hadn't used. And I could travel back to France in another car to go to the breakers yard where our possessions were being stored. And then I could travel back and bring our stuff home. Uh, the only problem was in order to make it all work and use the existing bookings, we would have to get it done within 36 hours. That was to travel from York through to Dover, from Dover to get the ferry to Calais, from Calais to the breakers yard, then to get all the stuff from there to travel through France, then back through Belgium to Zeebrugge, and then to get the ferry and back to Hull. Now, I'm sure you can imagine uh, there's always something that causes a little delay. And uh, when I'd loaded up with all the possessions and I was heading back, I knew I was behind on schedule and it was going to be tight. Would I make it to the ferry in time? So I called Amanda um, on the phone. Don't worry, it was hands-free. Um, and I just passed Dunkirk. So I told her where I was. She knew the time. She worked out the mileages. She checked when I needed um, to get in. And by the way, this was before the age of sat-nav. So I, 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 I didn't have uh, a phone on my uh, dashboard of my car giving me the actual readout of when I would get there. So Amanda worked through all the figures and, and she said to me, I think you can just get there with 10 minutes to spare before the absolute final cutoff of check-in. And I said to her, I think it's going to be fine. And Amanda said, I hope it is because this is our final hope. And it was a little bit like that scene from Star Wars where Princess Leia records that video in R2-D2 and she says, help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you are our only hope. Today, I want to talk about hope. How do you use the word hope? Have you ever used the word hope to describe a situation that's run out of options? Perhaps like my crazy car journey or just trying to put a brave face on a, a difficult or a hard situation. Perhaps you've used hope to, to make a statement of your preferred preference like, I hope I get a nice present for my birthday, or I hope I can finish work early today, or I hope it won't rain next week because we're going on holiday. Or maybe just to use hope as a statement of uncertainty. Will the lockdown end soon? I hope it will. Hope is uh, an incredibly important word in the Bible. It's used about 90 times in the Old Testament and about 90 times in the New. Uh, for example, when Paul's writing to the church in Corinth to help them understand the foundational pillars of their faith, he says there are three key things that remain. Faith, hope and love. Now we know love is central to knowing God. In 1 John 4, uh, John says, God is love. 
So God's identity is love. Uh, love is the glue that kind of cements us into relationship with God. John goes on, he says, those that live in love live in God. Faith is central to knowing God. To believe is to have faith. To have faith is to believe. So John chapter 6, for example, Jesus said, whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Belief is faith, is the exercise of our faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, we walk by faith and not by sight. So what about hope? Where does hope fit in? The word in the New Testament for hope means anticipation. So like faith, hope points to the future, points to something that's yet to come or to happen. Like faith, hope connects us with something that's coming through the promises of God. Both faith and hope connect us with things that are promised from God. But whereas faith specifically focuses on the thing that is the result of our faith, hope is more general about what's going to happen. So whereas you might have faith or believe that you're going to receive a specific birthday present, you might have hope that you're going to receive a nice birthday present. So, for example, in Acts 23, uh, Paul talks about his hope of the resurrection. Or in Romans 5, he talks about hope which he says does not disappoint us. So we might not know the answer in full about the thing we hope for, but because it's in hope, then we know that we won't be disappointed. And hope, therefore, is also about the journey, the anticipation of the journey, the experience of the journey, the enjoyment of it, the, the, um, the process of what the journey does for us as we travel towards the object of our faith. The danger of faith on its own is that it can make us only think of the final result. Hope invites us to enjoy the process and the journey that gets us there. Hope says, let's anticipate this. Even though the details aren't all known, we can still trust in God when we anticipate the outcome. And so we get the, the feel of the meaning of a kind of hope. Uh, we could sort of reword, uh, reread these verses and substitute in the word anticipation in order to understand them in that light. So for example, 1 Corinthians 13, if we read it that way, says this, these three remain, faith, anticipation, and love. In Acts 23 then, Paul is anticipating the results and the experience of the resurrection. Or Romans 5, it speaks about Abraham, who it says, in anticipation, believed in God. 
So what does this mean for you and for me? Well, it means that following Jesus is about an anticipation. Jesus often described what it's like to finally meet God face to face using the idea of a party. He said, meeting God is like coming to a party or a great banquet. And we don't know any of the details of that actual party. We don't know any facts that we can place our faith on specifically, but we have hope that it will be a great and incredible experience because we're using hope to understand and connect with that promise. So this gift from God calls, called hope draws us into the experience. It's maybe like catching the smell of food that's cooking. So you still have to wait before you can eat it, but you're catching the flavor now. And so you're now beginning to anticipate the experience that's going to come. You've got faith for the final outcome, but you have hope for where you are today and tomorrow as you travel on that journey from where you are to that ultimate final outcome. To make one example of this, this is relevant to where we are as a church at G2. We are making changes to our pattern of Sunday services. And if you like, we have faith in the pattern that we used to have because we can see the specifics of it. We know what that used to be like. Um, we don't yet know what the experience of our new format will be like. So it feels like we can't sort of deposit our faith on it because it hasn't happened. We don't have the specifics for it. But hope can carry us forward. Hope is the thing that we can engage with as we move from where we were to where we're going to. And we can be positively engaged with something where we might not even know many of the details because we engage with it through hope. How do we do this? Well, I want to read Romans chapter 8 and verse 24, a verse that speaks much about hope and waiting for God. As I read it, I want to substitute in the word anticipate instead of the word hope to catch this sense of how it relates to something that's in the future, but helps us with the experience of the journey that gets us there. Romans 8, 24 says this, for in this anticipation, we were saved. But anticipation that's seen is not hope at all. Who anticipates what they already have? But if we anticipate what we do not yet have, then we are waiting for it patiently. I wonder what you're waiting for in life. Is it for the new pattern of services at G2? Is it a job? Is it healing? Is it for the vaccine? Is it for a chance 
to get away? Is it for an answer to another prayer? Whatever that might be, if it leans on God, then you need hope. Hope because you don't yet know what the answer is. Except that with hoping God, you won't be disappointed. And hope because there's a journey to anticipate and enjoy with God along the way. Faith connects you and me to an end result, but hope sustains us along the way. And here's the thing. Everybody needs hope. Every person that you know and every person that I know is looking to discover hope and needs hope in their life. And because the hope that we've talked about today is a gift from God, then to discover hope is to discover Jesus. And as we do this, we discover life. Not life deferred in the future, not pie in the sky when you die, but steak on the plate while you wait. Life today, an experience of God that's alive and vibrant today and real tomorrow. Not something that's deferred, but something that we are actively participating and anticipating in now. And the great thing is we can choose to do this. We can make a choice. We can engage with this. We can put ourselves in, in, the, in the flow of this gift from God, this invitation from God to live in and engage in hope. In Psalm 42, the writer is writing about their life and they're having a hard time. Life is hard and the outcome, the remedy, isn't clear. And so the psalmist says to him or herself, hope in God. They um, speak to their own heart in self-encouragement. They choose, even though things are hard and the final outcome isn't clear, they choose to live in hope. They choose today to be in hope. They don't have the answer yet, but they choose, I can still have hope because I'm looking to God and, f and hope that's rooted in God doesn't disappoint. This psalmist encourages themselves to discover hope in God that doesn't disappoint. Amen.